New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz with you over here. Rev Z right here. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. This happens every Friday morning here on the New Thought Media Network. We're so grateful that you are with us. Good morning, Z. Glorious day to you. Yes, yes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is a glorious day. It's going to be a little warmer today, they said. Uh, get a chance to melt some more of this snow and ice around here, and uh, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm all for that, too. Let's build some snow and ice. Uh, uh, folks, I don't know about you, but, you know, we're going to talk about this today. Climate change is happening, and we've got uh, all kinds of weather all over the planet and everywhere else. But uh, unfortunately, today, we've got to start with one of our segments that uh, we don't like to do. Called in shining of your in shining of your in memory of your shining light. Uh, if you haven't heard the news, folks, Lisa Marie Presley, the only known child of uh, late singer Elvis Presley and American icon, uh, American cultural icon Elvis Presley, uh, has died of an apparent cardiac arrest. Uh, her mother made the statement. Priscilla made the statement yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, see, it's kind of a. It feels like uh, we all grew up with Lisa Marie. She's only 54, so I really did kind of grow up uh, getting to watching. And I, I remember when her dad died, and uh, it seems like she was taken a bit too soon, just like her father was. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's when you think about when you think about celebrity kids, if you will, or celebrities that grow up in the public eye. Uh, you know, and they and they make their transition young. It 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 seems like they were around a lot longer. Uh, and it's you know, she I think she had four kids, and I think last year her one of her sons uh, committed suicide, unfortunately, and uh, she had twin daughters, and I think she has an older son. You know, and 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 it's you know, it's it, it's uh, it's heartbreaking when you see because I you know having. Uh, been through the tragedy of losing parents young, right? I lost my mother at six, my father at 18. It really puts something on your brain to try to deal with. And so if, you, yeah. if you're if in the public light on top of that, that makes it even more traumatic, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, we've had a, and we've had, a, and one other thing, you know, we've had a lot of loss 
of celebrity. I mean, also yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Charles White, who was a running back for and a Heisman Trophy winner out of USC, passed away of cancer. Um, mm. And, I mean, we're only 10 days into the season, if you will, the year. And, uh, you know, we're losing some icons in, in, in all these arenas. Yeah. Our hearts, our prayers, our well wishes are with the Presley family today, all of her remaining children and uh, everyone that was touched by her life. Um, never met her, never really, you know, but you can't help but follow a cultural icon like that uh, and be aware of what she does and and uh, and and uh, celebrate her life, honor her life today. Yeah. Hey, here's one, Z. Seems the reservoirs in California are almost full. At what cost, though? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, a, a statement came out yesterday. I didn't catch the source, uh, but it basically said that uh, all this rain has moved all of the state of California is no longer in a severe drought. Wow. Uh, there's probably still some areas of the country that are in drought yeah. i'm pretty sure death valley is always in a drought yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i don't know if it's ever not in a drought but uh but ultimately uh much of california is uh seems like they're getting some water yeah you know and and there's more on the way they still have one or two more of them river streams coming through there they said um i don't think this ends for them until like tuesday or wednesday of next week Ooh. <laughs> uh, you know, they're looking for another round. And, you know, I have friends, I got friends in the Bay Area, got friends down in, in SoCal, and uh, they're getting at it, boy. It is coming at them hard and fast. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, I, actually, I got some relatives I need to call and check on out there uh, in, in, in the Bay Area, in, you know, in the whole coast state. And, and, it's, and then we had tornadoes in Alabama, six people are known dead and and several more missing yep. um you that know happened overnight it happened overnight that that pattern is now headed to in florida with severe rain and thunderstorms across tampa orlando all the way up to daytona and they're saying tomorrow the whole state of florida is going to be like 10 5 to 10 degrees or more below average right wow now. <laughs> all, all the way down to the keys hey florida it's time to put away the flip-flops <laughs> might have to get out your warm socks tomorrow sorry <laughs> so this whole idea this weather this weather thing is something serious yeah most people down there don't own insulated shoes i'm sure um and you know, I just here's here's I, I I just heard it briefly on NPR yesterday. It'd be something to to check out and for, for the audience to go and look up. Uh, in 1977, Exxon Mobil scientists made some predictions about climate change that are eerie close to reality right now. And after they did that, they were a big proponent. The article said of poo pooing the change and now they're suspecting some lawsuits are going to be following but he said that we well, don't know what those scientists were doing back there but those scientists in 1977 for exxon Mobil had a thing about global warming and 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 weather patterns 
that were pretty eerie in, in, in terms of their correctness and exactness to what is exactly happening right now. Who? This was, you know, I remember growing up in the age when everybody said Bush knew. Sounds to me like Exxon knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found this article, folks, here. I'm going to give you a drop you a link for this one. Uh, this is in New Scientist. Uh, the story was also picked up by CNN. And uh, I missed that one. But I, I do want to go read that. They knew it was going to happen. They knew their product. They knew what they were doing was going to lead us to this point, to global, to. Yeah. All right. It, it leaves you speechless. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> Let's turn to some better news. Alter Utah happens to be right now the place with the most snow on the entire planet. So, folks, we're seeing this weather, we're seeing this moisture, and it is getting inland. Uh, it is getting at least as far as Utah. Utah has been getting hammered with snow. Now, Colorado has uh, above average snowpack right now as well, and it is uh, expected to help our uh, water supply come spring when all that melts off. However, uh, this is probably good news for Lake, uh, for Lake Powell and probably Lake Mead downriver in, near Vegas. Both those reservoirs are almost at the point of dying, of truly becoming dead, dead reservoirs um, because the water levels are so low. Uh, so lots of snow. Yeah, I, I used to hang out at Alta quite a bit. And uh, when they have more snow than anywhere else on the planet, it's a good time for skiers. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, a friend of mine's son just moved out there in that area to do some ski, ski stuff and... Uh, He's smiling ear to ear right now. <laughs> he is, exactly. And hey, let's do a couple of more good mornings. Good morning, Linda. Glad you're with us, dear one. Always grateful to see you here. Lori Carlson, new one of the newer members of our prayer team, tuning in this morning. Good to see you, Lori. Been enjoying yes. your prayers. Thank you for being with us. Anyone else that's out there, please like, share, subscribe, and feel free to tune in Leave a comment, join the conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the things that we get to talk about here. Uh, and what we do is we talk about the stories that are in the news or that have caught our eye or uh, that we think are important for you to know about and then see if we can find the spiritual truth of it all. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the weather, we can definitely say we know climate change is real, but we've got abundance going on everywhere. An abundance of snow, an abundance of wind, an abundance of water. It's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and it, the, the, you know, the old adage, when it rains, it pours is, is definitely true in this case. Um, and we just, we just pray for all of the people. I mean, look at some of those pictures out there in California uh, where cliffs on, on the Pacific side, where cliffs are falling in and towns are submerged and, you know, people houses look like islands. I mean, it's, and it's the whole state. I and mean, that, that's, that's the that's the whole state of California. Yeah. It's going to take some, uh, it'll take a little cleanup, but they'll get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So we hey, on to a little more uh, hard hitting news, maybe, let's say. Uh, here in the United States, we've made a pretty big deal in the last couple of years about documents. 
specifically political documents or documents that don't belong to the government uh, being kept or being unkept uh, by past presidents. Well, if you haven't heard, uh, Joe Biden, now he's not a past president yet, uh, but he's getting himself into a little bit of hot water. There was a stash of documents that were found in an office that he had control of uh, from when he was vice president. And documents that were left laying around. Now a second stash of documents has also been found. Uh, and I haven't heard numbers. I haven't heard content. Uh, we do know that the Biden people, uh, his staff and his people, uh, voluntarily called the National Archives to report they had found these documents. Um, a, and, you know, here's the good news, folks. He's not being treated any differently than anybody else. Merrick Garland uh, from uh, the Department of Justice has announced that there will be a special counsel. They will do a probe. They will take a look at how these documents came to get there, what they were included, who might have been able to access. They're going to do all that stuff that they've done uh, to, I'm going to say it, past President Trump. Uh, they're going to do all that they've done to him, to Joe, to see what's up and to make sure this is all legit. But I guess my question, Z, is how do you become one of the most powerful people in America and don't have something in place to say, hey, did we give everything back we were supposed to? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had that thought and I watched a uh, uh, uh a commentator um, yesterday, a political somebody who was worked in the office, uh, his explanation, which sounds plausible, I don't know if it's true, but it sounds plausible, is that when these guys leave office and they got to pack up all this stuff, because this happened when he was vice president. Right. He, right. Uh, and he had stuff in Delaware in a garage and in an office in D.C. that AIDS help now the stuff in the in, in Delaware is another story but in the in an office you know you 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 have aides you can't do all that stuff yourself so you're relying on your aides and your people who support you to do that right and so they could they it could get screwed however as a leader you should you should keep a record personal record of how many secret them because I think Biden had like 10 top secret or 10 secret or whatever some kind of highly classified ones. Uh, those for sure. Now, you know, I might you might be to get away with some of the lesser ones, but top secret documents, you should have. A, I got 10 of them out. When I get back, I'm personally going to turn them 10 in. Right. Exactly. It feels like, oh, I have to take work home. Okay, we get that. You're a very powerful guy. You got more you can than you can do in an eight or ten or twelve hour day. You got to take work home and work on it on the weekends. But you are also one of the most intelligent people in our country to get to that position. And to me, if I take home, if I took home ten boxes of whatever to, to work on over the weekend, I'd sure as heck be making sure I brought ten back on Monday. Yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah, well, I'm just going to, yeah, we could go down a rabbit hole on that. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, if, if I'm working on a issue, right. And I need uh, supporting documents and references, 
uh, how many do I need for this one event, right? And if it's a, even if it is a lot, how many of those can I get done in a weekend? You know, in, in a in a in a in a forty eight hour weekend, right? And I got to sleep and eat, and I mean, you know, like, there's got to be a limit of like, okay, I'll, I'll take I'll work on this section. I'm gonna take these ten documents, and then when I work on the next section, I'm gonna take these ten back. I'm gonna get another ten, right? Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. There's it. It feels like well. Then again, you and I, we live in a world of personal responsibility. We live in a philosophy where the first real tenant is personal responsibility. I'm responsible. So, yeah, Joe, you, you, you know, maybe you were following the, the, the norms of the day. Uh, but I think we've got two great, two great reasons right here between Donald J. Trump and, uh, and Joe Biden. We got a really good case to say, OK, folks. No more taking stuff home. No more, right? You got a residence in Washington, D.C. This shit doesn't leave the city. You need to take it from the archives over to your office in D.C. You do that. You need to work on it on the weekend. You stay late at work. You don't take your work home with you. Uh, at least not if they're stamped, classified, secret, top secret, or any other any other type of uh, stamp on there. Let's just let's let politicians off the hook. They don't do enough work anyway. Why are we making them try to pretend they work on the weekends? And you know, and and but he, and and here's here's for me. Here's the ultimate, right? It it's a good indicator that. Our political system on both sides of the aisle, as they say, needs to be looked at with a fine-tooth comb and a magnifying glass, not so much to, to crucify any person, but to look at the system itself and evaluate it and determine what needs to be done, what needs to be put in place to make it a system of the people, by the people, and for the people. Because right now, that is not the case, I would submit. Right, exactly. That's not what I see. I don't see democratic re uh, representation. Yeah. I don't see leaders representing the will of the people. They represent the will of a few people in their state or a few people that that put extra money in their pocket or, you know, drop a thousand dollars in the car seat when you give them a ride to work, those kind of folks. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, but I do think we're seeing a little of this. Yeah. Uh, New York state, the, the, uh, the GOP is already calling for the resignation of representative George Santos out of New York. Now you may have caught this story. We might've talked about it even, um, but Mr. Santos seems to be a serial liar um, and pretty much nothing in his resume is true and pretty much nothing he said about him, his own abilities and his own work history while on the campaign trail are true. Um, he did not cast himself in a great light during uh, the Speaker of the House de debacle. Uh, and uh, and his own party are now starting to call for his resignation. And this is a, I mean, he's been in office not even a week <laughs> at this point. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we need. For, that's where we need change, folks. Yeah. If, if you're running for office, 
on a false background, on a false history, then you're not there to represent the people. You're there to, to get a job or clean up your shit. I'm not sure which. Yeah, and 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 you know, some of this falls on the machinery, right, of the Republican Party. Or either side of the party, no matter where it happened, part of the machinery of these political institutions, if you will, is to vet these characters or these individuals uh, before they push them out. Because now, as they say in the modern term, he's damaged the brand. Not that it's not already damaged, but that's a damage to the brand that you would allow from New York. And so we got the state level and the national level would allow someone to come out and nobody check these facts. I mean, those are easily verifiable facts. I could call NYU and say, do you have a George Santos ever graduated in the registrar? I am the president of the Republican Party of New York City. A New York, you know, state. Yeah, exactly. I mean, easy, easy stuff. Easy stuff. I, as you were, I got this this hit. I think there's probably one question on the application, and that question is: Do you believe Donald J. Trump won the 2020 presidential election? And if you click the yes box, you're our boy. Let's go. Give that man some money and a better looking suit. We can run this guy. And if well, you, and, and that's the other thing, right? They're talking about now, where did he get his money from? Now, that's going to be down the rabbit hole. I think he had like $750 million or something crazy. And he reported he was making $55,000 a year. Documents show that he donated over $700,000 of his supposedly his own money to his own campaign. But his taxes also re reveal that he's making, I think it was somewhere around $50,000, $55,000 a year. Now, a lot of us know what living on $50,000 a year looks like, or we have at one time. That's damn near poverty level in today's world. And, you know, and, I, and, and, all right, and let's be real. Your income does not determine your ability or your willingness to serve or any of that. Let's, let's go back a little bit and look at uh, AOC. When AOC got elected to Congress, um, she couldn't afford an apartment in Washington, D.C. She could not afford to rent a, an apartment in Washington, D.C. She hadn't started getting paid yet. So she didn't have the money of, of, of a congressperson, of a congresswoman. And if you look at it back then, she wore a lot of the same clothes because I don't think she had a very extensive wardrobe either. Now, all that changes once you start getting paid for a few months at this job. But again, I'm back to the point where it seems like more people want this for the job than they want it because they're, they feel that call to service. Yeah. Yeah. And that call to, well, to make America a better place to live for more, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which which kind of leads into uh, to the next story, right? Yes, exactly. You know, uh, over the weekend here, we'll start celebrating uh, MLK Day, Dr. Martin Luther King Day, which is on Monday, the sixteenth, and uh, the 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 theme for this week of uh, this month's or this year's uh, celebration is. Uh, 
cultivating a beloved community, a, a beloved community mindset to transform unjust systems. And, and it starts with me, right? It starts with each one of us. And so that's what we have. We, we really have to begin to analyze and embrace and understand this idea of the beloved community. Yes. Uh, because if we don't, we're going to be in tatters because no one's going to trust anyone. No one's going to help anyone. No one's going to step up and and uh, 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 be their brothers and sisters keepers. And we need that now more than if 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 there's not a beloved community that shows up in 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 Alabama this day or in California tomorrow, whenever that rain stops, that will be a horrendous task to take on individually. Yeah. Exactly. Folks, I think I think you're definitely, I know you're going to from Elzia and I, uh, but I think you're also going to hear more and more and more about the idea of creating beloved community, embracing com beloved community, being beloved community within the New Thought Movement in the coming months, years, uh, and so forth. Yeah. And um, this is intentional. Both Elzia and I have been studying um, many of the tenets of creating and being beloved community. Um, not all of it is based directly on MLK's contributions in his writings, but much of it is, and it really is born of the vision that MLK held uh, for so many of us. And uh, he had the unique opportunity as a black man to somehow be propelled to a point where he was allowed to speak about these things. Um, we still killed him for it and we still murdered him for it, but he had a unique opportunity to, to, to cast a vision for what we can become. And I believe, and I believe Z you're with me, we're at a point where it's time to demonstrate that, not just talk about it, not just shout the, the you know, uh, Monday is a marade, right? It's not a parade. It's a marade. I learned this this morning. Uh, it's a march and a parade together, at least here in Denver. Um, yes. And we now have to be willing to live the tenants that MLK professed not just throw his picture up on the screen on one Monday a year. Yeah. And, and, you know, last night on PBS, uh, they got some great programming on right now. If you want to get a perspective of where we come from and where we are, they had a, 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 a program last night on freedom riders, mm. the freedom, which was in 1961. Now people, that's not that long ago. And they talked and they showed how the Freedom Riders got on the bus and were going down through uh, Tennessee and Alabama and they were Georgia and they were going to end up with the rally down in Louisiana. And they stopped. One of the buses stopped in Anniston, Alabama, and they burnt that bus. Everybody had to get off. Then the next day they got the one that was in Birmingham and they beat the people mercilessly. Uh and we're talking just a short period ago. And if you get the chance to watch that and look at the, the attitudes 
of a divided community, not a beloved. Now there were some people who there who were there who saw this uh, heinous kind of behavior and did what they could, which was an aspect of the beloved community. Right. But 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 this is where things could go if we don't become a beloved community and begin to wipe out injustice as that theme for this year's uh, MLK Day is put out by the King Center. Yeah. There is no better time than the present. And if we don't do it now, it's just going to get harder. Yeah. If we don't, uh, you know, I'm sure folks, we've all been there. We all have a day where we just don't want to get out of bed. It's not because we're sick and it's not because it's just, I just don't want to do this today. I don't want to, I see it on, uh, on Facebook all the time. You know, I don't want to be an adult today. Hey, and you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a day off and being a kid. However, there are days when we have to get out of bed and do the work that we're not happy about that we don't necessarily want to do. And right now I think, uh, the specifically, let's say, white America, and I know how touchy that, that term could be right there, but white America has got to stand up and start being willing to do the hard work that, that we don't want to do. And that hard work means recognizing, starts with recognizing that our, our family comes in multiple colors. Our family does not all have the same, uh, the same level of melatonin in our skin. I personally am very melatonin challenged. But we are here and we are in this together. And I do believe we can create beloved community. Well, Lori says it right there. Starts begins right now and right here. Right here and right now. Linda, we don't want to give this away, but I guess you did. Linda says she's old enough to remember the Freedom Riders on the national news. I wasn't born until 66, so I don't. Good for you, Linda. Keep the wisdom alive. Keep the memory. Right? Linda, you're one of those people. I imagine you've been holding this vision your whole life now. So <laughs> we haven't done it yet. But Ed, All right, let's, let's be real. We have done, people have done it. People have created beloved community in a lot of places. It's now time for new thought to stop gazing at our navels and start doing the heavy lifting of creating a world that works better for all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the mantra. And, 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 and we don't say here, we don't say everyone, we say all because all include that information that Exxon Mobil had back in 1977 that is causing some havoc right now. No concern right. for the environment, no concern for the animals, the trees, the plants, the water, uh, because they wasn't a body, so to speak. They had no, no, no sentientness, if you will. But I would beg to differ because we're all this whole planet is one sentient thing and everything on it has a place, a purpose and a time. And when we start messing it up, we get results that we don't really want and, and that can be deadly. And so now, you know, it's like getting a cold. You, you have an opportunity to start taking the medicine now 
or the cold's gonna get worse. Yep. I want to go back to that ExxonMobil story for a second because <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just hit on on a really important point. If in the 1970s, the executives at ExxonMobil were not acting from fear and maybe greed and said, oh, shit, this isn't good for the planet. What can we do to make sure we don't make that happen, that we don't contribute to this? This is, you know, the old Nobel theory, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize is we've told that story, but. If the executives of Exxon had said, okay, what can we do? Yeah. If we had started investing in solar and wind and wave energy back in the 1970s, wow, where could we be today? Yeah. All right. And I still have to be in a place where, okay, now I forgive because you're still on the planet. ExxonMobil is still a corporate partner with the, with the planet. And we got to be in a place where we include them in the beloved community, not cast them out, not kick their ass out of the garden just because they lied to us, but embrace them in a way that they don't feel they ever have to lie to us again. Right. Yeah. Because you think about the timeline. That was from 1977, which is the time I think they say they cite. That's 45 years ago. Yeah. That's a lot. When you look at when you just think about the technology advances from 77 to right now, 77 cell phones weren't around. Right. We didn't internet, have the internet. Internet wasn't around. Yep. Uh, Wi-Fi wasn't around. <laughs> yep. Right? There was either dial-up modem or hardline. Yep. You know, at that time, I... I was just about to start working at Kennedy Space Center and a disc looked like a, a, a stack of, of LPs. Right. Early punch card, early, early computer systems. Yes. So folks, the internet was around in the late seventies, but it wasn't in widespread use and everybody didn't have it. NASA probably had access to it at NASA and the government, had, you know, it, the internet is originally a government created entity anyway. The US government created it so they could talk to distant, distant, you know, a project could live in distant places. But I, I'm so with you. It's, and now we have it. The people have access to this info. And so again, let's not go out and vilify ExxonMobil. Let's forgive them, but let's also call them into this vision of a world that works for all. Just as, just as I believe MLK was doing in his time, he wasn't trying to make the white folk wrong, but he couldn't stand and, and abide not doing the work any longer. Well, and, and, and that's what the title is today. It was the injustice, right? Yeah. Uh, the injustice of, of keeping people down because of their skin color. Yeah. And you get really, if you get a chance to see that, that Freedom Riders, I don't know when it's on again on PBS, but when you look at some of the language that they're using to describe African-American black people, 
Uh, we're talking about some heinous kind of stuff, and yeah. they didn't they didn't pull any punches on that show. They I mean they had raw footage, so it wasn't uncut. And we're only talking, uh, you know, fifty five years ago, maybe, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we really, you know, sixty five years ago. So we really, we really, which is not that long. Right, like like Linda said, she can remember that. Yep. Uh, every time we talk, Z, I have to go watch more stuff on PBS now. <laughs> PBS got some good stuff going on. Uh, I, I watched uh, I watched the show you were talking about the other day. The uh, eight the the first encounter. The first encounter show program that was first pretty contact, interesting. Yeah. And, and yeah, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it. I was aware of the Freedom Riders, but now I'm gonna go watch that just to see what's being put out there and what's represented. So, yeah. uh, I like this one, Linda. Yes. In 77, you had to pay extra money for long distance calls. Exactly. If you had to, I, I remember seven digit phone numbers where I didn't even know my area code. Because if you dialed outside your area code, Bob got mad when the bill came. <laughs> Who are you talking to in, in, in Virginia? Jesus, don't you know how much those long distance calls cost? <laughs> and now, and now in certain states, I mean, certain phone companies, you can call international, not yeah. not long distance in the country. You can call Canada and Mexico and, and parts of South America for free. Yep, I've got an international part on my. I can't get rid of it. It's just part of it now. <laughs> it comes with the package. So yep. it speaks. It's. I'm sorry. It speaks to the idea the technology has created all the means. For us yes. to have a beloved community, we have all the two, you know, it's like it's like the six million dollar man. If you remember that lead in, it said, you know, they found Steve, I forget his last name, Steve Armstrong. Austin. He was all he was, or Steve Austin, yeah. He was almost, you know, he was about to transpire. He says, but we can rebuild it. We have the know-how, we have the technology. technology. <laughs> yes. And that's what we got right now. We're in that same place with creating a beloved community so that a world can work for everyone and everything and everybody and every corner of the globe. I want to go make a video now that shows the church imploding in a ball of fire crashing into the, into the, into the desert and said, it's okay. We have the technology. We can rebuild it. And out of the ashes emerges the beloved community, a, a new beloved community. Yes, that would that would be that would and take that word. I don't know. You might have to pay for that that word. And I don't I don't, I don't know. It may be in public sphere now because it's been so old. Exactly. <laughs> we'll change a couple words. It'll work. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, if you're interested, both Reverend LZ and I will be hanging out, working towards creating a beloved community, working towards demonstrating a beloved community. We're already working towards creating it. Uh, working towards demonstrating a beloved community at the Center for Spiritual Living Denver. Uh, Rev. LZ is a senior minister. I just hang out there occasionally. And we're, but we're both going to be there this Sunday, the 15th of January. Please, if you're in the Denver area, join us, 612 Grant Street. And I'll tell you, Z, I'm really, uh, not just because I'm your friend. 216 Grant. 16, uh, 216 Grant. 216 Grant. Sorry about that. Um, not just because I'm a friend and I love you and I think you're amazing, but it's really cool to watch what's happening 
with Center for Spiritual Living Denver. Um, I know you guys went through as rough a time as anyone during the pandemic. Um, no building, no way to, very tough to stay connected. And your community has done so well and is now starting to grow and come back together. You're meeting every Friday, every Sunday again now. Um, congratulations on that. Folks, we encourage you, if you're in Denver area, join us. If yes. you're not, watch online right here on the New Thought Media Network, 10 a.m. on uh, Sunday, Sunday mornings, uh, the Center for Spiritual Living Denver. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also another shameless plug, the following Sunday, uh, uh, January 22nd, we'll have the world-renowned Jamie Lula in the house. Yes. Um, and uh, so if you're in the space, you will be uplifted and, and engaged in what it means to be a part of the concept of a beloved community. So we'd love to see you there. All right, let's stop talking about it and show people what we mean. There you go. There's your official invitation, folks. Come join us uh, any Sunday. Any given Sunday. And then the week out, and then we'll do my plug because the week after that, then I'll be speaking there for you um, on yes. live as well and on your stage. So um, good stuff coming, folks. Watch for the beloved community in your neighborhood also. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at the clock and realizing we got to get out of here because it's Friday and we got a whole load of broadcasting for you today, folks. Uh, Sekou Writes with Be Your Own Hero is up next. Rev Gina's got the prayer time at 8.15. Rev Melissa at 8.30 with uh, with the morning sip. Lindsay Leinbach at 10. Uh, we've also got uh, Rev B with the Joy Show at 1. I'll be back with the good news at 5. And Pastor Michael is here with the Fireside Chat at 6. So stay with us, please. Like, share, and subscribe. If you're a part of our committed giving program, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Your contributions go a long, long way to helping us share this message with new people all across the planet. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, well, please head on over to our website, ntmedia.org. Click on the donate button and learn a little more. Z, before we go, final thoughts. Hey, you know, the mantra for the year, I'll just echo it. Get involved with, in, with with uplifting, creating, and sustaining the beloved community. Yes. And and this weekend, well, there's a tradition with MLK of service. So go out and find a service that you can do as part of that beginning. Yes. That would be my call. Um, it's uh, now is the time. There are no actions too small. Find a way to give back or just to give forward. And everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Happy Friday the 13th, everyone. This is Ministers Talking Shit. We're going to get out of here and hope you and trust in and wish you a great and glorious Friday and weekend as well. Until next time, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. Peace. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking 
We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.